Everybody, welcome into a Locked On crossover, probably my favorite thing to do here on the network. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams, and we have got Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Rounds with us. Jeff, how you doing, bud? Uh, doing really well. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, here in Jersey, uh, you know, obviously you out there, eh, sorry, the weather's always nice. Um, but for <laughs> us, we're starting to hit, you know, our peak here, you know, high 70s, low 80s. Um, you know, kids are close to getting out of school and, you know, look, it's summertime, but it's, it's weird because this time last year, it was kind of like, well, you know, we'll get the show done. And now with all the anticipation and everything that's going on with it, it's more like, wow, let's get the show done. You know, it's just a a whole different ballgame, you know, from where this team, you know, when I took over was 20 months ago from where it is now in the product. It's just, just absolutely enjoying it. And, you know, the the fact that we're talking about, you know, whether or not Duke Johnson is good enough to be a part of this team as the third string running back and things of that nature. It's a whole different ballgame from can anybody on this team play? Anybody? Is there anybody here who's good? Yeah, it's so crazy. You guys went from, you know, unlocking the fridge last year to potential playoffs, Super Bowl bound type team. It's so crazy. You went from getting a beer to trying to get a trophy all in one year with, you know, tons of additions. And and, and that's kind of the crazy thing about this is I was prepping, trying to get ready to talk. What do I want to ask them? I'm writing down all these names, all these offseason stories, and I'm like, I don't even know. Where to, where to start because you have so much going on there, but we might as well start with the biggest name uh, with Odell Beckham. You know, that trade, obviously, I listened to that podcast the day after uh, you guys got him. It was an awesome podcast, uh, but just kind of, you know, how do you think he's going to fit in right away? And it sounds like him and Baker are already, you know, clicking, but just with Landry on the other side, what is the potential for that offense and o- Odell Beckham in it? Um, it's actually funny because, you know, obviously everybody knows, you know, they were in L.A. together last summer, got to know each other. The first preseason game, you know, Cleveland went to go play the Giants. You know, Odell wasn't playing, came right over. There was a hug and a five-minute conversation between the two. And he just kind of looked and be like, wow, if you could ever kind of get that guy with this kid. And then, and it's funny that you brought up the episode because we were 12 minutes deep and we were trying to talk about Sheldon Richardson and we were very excited <laughs> about the addition and, you know, and I DM'd, uh, you know, Pete Smith, my buddy who does not with me. I'm like, we got to just scrap this and just start from scratch. And I, oh, yeah, we do. Absolutely. So, you know, absolutely pulled the plug and just started over. And everybody was, you know, it was for us, it was we don't need Odell Beckham because it was what the potential cost would be. You were figuring two first round picks plus more. And then you, know, you, you literally sit in there looking at it and going, all right, well, I need somebody else to confirm this because this just can't be it. This, this really right. just can't be it. And then you get a conference. This is really it. This this is really all it took. And and for me, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in the 2014 draft, I absolutely loved him. I loved the player. I thought he was going to kill it. He was my favorite player in the NFL. And then for him to now, where I get to cover him on a daily basis, um, and what we we've got to see here a little bit this week at minicamp. Um, the, the talent is just off the charts. And it's not like Jarvis Landry, and it's not like Antonio Callaway, and it's not like Rashard Higgins weren't getting it done. But they were like a de facto three guys trying to figure out a one, two, a three. Now they're three guys getting to play a two, three, four in a wide receiver court. It's just amazing the way it is. But Baker alone with Odell is... Baker is so quick in his read and recognition. Odell is so quick in his route running and so precise. They are an absolute perfect matchup. And even the days where Odell maybe will get three for 50 because they're going to put all the coverage on him, 
I have no idea how you're going to handle everybody else. Nick Chubb is fantastic. When they get Kareem Hunt back, uh, both guys can contribute in the receiving game as well as run the ball. David Njoku is emerging in his third year. you still got those other three wide receivers I mentioned. There is a ton of skill here, and it's going to be fun to see the way it's all managed, but I don't see how they don't put up yards and don't put up points week in, week out. Yeah, I saw something, I, I believe it was on your timeline, was from Pro Football Focus talking about from weeks 10 to 17, yep. and the Browns were number one in receiving core um, when it came to that as far as team grades. So, you know, the how they finished and then the addition that they have there, and you talked about Kareem Hunt. Um, talk to us about that running back core a little bit, and is Duke Johnson going to be a part of this, or do you think he does get shipped and I can't remember how long is Kareem Hunt out. Have, have we talked? Has that been said it's, yet? Kareem Hunt is out. Eight, he'll be out the first eight games. So you're That's getting right. him. Yeah. So um, I guess you know, with with the early bye week, he comes back for uh, week ten, which will be the the Browns' ninth game. Uh, you know, so that's put to bed. Um, whether or not he's going to be able to stay around a team, they're really pushing for it. They need the league to sign off on it. I do think it's better for Kareem Hunt if he's allowed to stay around the team. Wasn't thrilled about the signing because of the person he is. Normally, those are guys I shine away with. But you still have to be able to recognize that the guy is a really, really good player. The Duke Johnson situation, it's so weird because it's never changed. Duke Johnson has never known his role or his standing with this franchise. And he's now in his fifth year. Uh, you know, last year. Obviously, he was up for a contract extension. They go out, they sign Carlos Hyde. They use a really high pick on Nick Chubb. So, and that's where, again, here's Duke Johnson in limbo. And then they go in June and give Duke Johnson a three-year, $17 million contract. Okay, you guys want me around, I guess, because now I'm now the highest-paid running back in the room. Then you go to the 2018 season, and he saw less reps than he saw in his first three years in Cleveland. So it's just this, and you know. So then, obviously, the Kareem Hunt signing. So maybe we're going to move on from Duke Johnson. Uh, when the Browns put him on the market, well before Duke asked for a trade, which is the key thing there. I don't think anybody he was on the market well before. I think Duke. It was more of a if you're going to trade me, let's just do it then. All right, let's get it over with. Right. But the thing was, is now Duke was a guy who didn't get the ball much. Is making over five million dollars a year. The Browns were asking for a third-round pick. Everybody said, no, I can draft a guy in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, pay him $900,000, and let him touch the ball 100 times a year. So they only got the fifth round in, in return. Now they don't know what to do with him. Me, I think you've got to keep him because, yes, as much as I love Nick Chubb, who is your number two running back if, God forbid, something happens to Nick Chubb in you know your first eight games? And this is a year where everything's on the line. And you're expecting to win a division championship. So if there's a week Duke can't go, you know, and a lot of Browns fans, well, Dontrell Hilliard looks good, and they seem to be talking him up. He, he hasn't had an NFL carry yet. You need to go a little more stable with that situation than a guy who hasn't had a carry in a game yet. You're playing for a division. You better have, you know, some more meat on the bone, so to speak, if something were to happen to Nick, or even still something when he takes his blows and gets off the field. Yeah, and you're right. You talked about what are you doing at number two in those eight weeks. You got to have somebody there, uh, even if it, you know, injury and giving a, a quick breather, anything like that. And Duke Johnson's a productive guy. You're right. They, I mean, talking about giving him the contract and then 
continue to kind of play with his emotions by adding people and drafting people. Uh, but it, it will be interesting to see if he can hold up for those eight games until Kareem Hunt gets back and how that kind of all marries together and really the long-term relationship. But uh, there, again, so much going on. Uh, Kitchens in his first year as a full head coach, a new D coordinator, a new o, o coordinator. What's your biggest concern about this offense or even the team in general? Uh, my offense, my concern is definitely offensive line related. Um, Greg Robinson, if he does what he did last year, that's fine. But uh, you know, as you know, obviously, uh, you know, Greg yeah. Robinson has a history it's, that's not that great. Did he shake off some of the bus label last year? He absolutely did. Um, you traded away Kevin Zeitler, and this was the key for this team last year, and it's a key for Baker Mayfield. Is you want your interior O line to be stout. And that's one thing you have to do with a quarterback who is only six feet tall. So that was a big advantage. Um, it seems you know each each practice, you know each mini camp session or OTA session, it's a different right guard. They have three guys competing for it. A lot of people just figure the natural progression was that Austin Corbett will take it. Um, granted, you're not going to get much until pads are on, and you know you know you know who's manning up and who's not. Uh, Chris Hubbard at a right tackle played better in the second half last year, but you know you know. I'm happy with left guard. I'm extremely happy with center. I think Greg Robinson will be okay at left tackle. But that right side does give me some concerns. And until we get some pads on, I'll have some questions uh, about the right guard. I think there is a question mark there with the offensive line. I do want to get a couple over to you here. First things first, what was that two weeks like? Up in, The two weeks of getting ready, of doing shows, talking about the Super Bowl. What was that like? Oh, man, it felt good. But that two weeks felt like two months. I'll tell you that. Because, oh, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, you know, how many – there's the storylines. Everyone's building, right? Old man Brady versus young man Goff. Todd Gurley's knee. Do the Rams belong? The pass interference call. I mean, all that type of stuff was was fun but also annoying to deal with because Todd Gurley, you had no, you had no answer. We still don't have an answer. I mean, we're nope. – well, in off season, deep into the off season, getting ready for a month here, and there's still no one's giving us anything. Potentially fluff, and we wanted to get to the game, and then you get to the game, and we all saw what happened there. And and it's sad because the defense played a hell of a game against Tom Brady in that offense, and you know we let Edelman go off with all his catches, and but nothing was really threatening until that Gronk uh, deep pass into the red zone, and and it was just a letdown to see. A team that was led by this offense, 30-something points a game. He gets the big game, and they just couldn't get it done. And, you know, hopefully for them and, and for us out here in L.A., that that's a chip that's been built on their shoulder, and they use that to move forward. And it seems like this team with Sean McVay and the way that he preaches everything and the we, not me, and, you know, kind of the way that he's brought – uh, this team in that building together, you think that they're going to be okay after this because the record shows after losing a Super Bowl, it doesn't go so well for you. But I think it's going to be a different story with this team. And that's one thing. And actually, I've talked with this about some some people, and they said it's probably the two weeks of Super Bowl, this is probably one of the biggest advantages that Bill Belichick has had is because you know he will study the living death out of you. And it gets to the point where it's almost like he's in your meetings. Well, sometimes they have been in their meetings. You're right. Um, but it's almost to the point. I mean, he is such a football savant and such a football mind that if you're giving him this much time to learn about your offense and what you know and what you te- what you like to do and what your nuances are and what each receiver's favorite route is, he he's got you beat because he's got 14 days to get ready for it and. Look, let's just hope every you know, Tom just get old, please. Tom just get old. Let's right. let that regime end. Um, Aaron Donald, 
Um, you get to talk about and cover the single best defensive player in this league day in, day out. And even just the one drill the other day, going over the pads, pushing the medicine ball. I mean, you see so many guys at his size, and it's like, oh, my God, this is the most unsexy thing I've ever seen from a human being. And you watch him do it, and he does it. He looks like a tailback doing it. What's it like getting to talk about and cover Aaron every day? Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely something that I almost take for granted at times. And I love talking to you guys because everyone I talk to just drools over Aaron Donald, and rightly so, right? And it, you kind of start to get used to a player like that. I mean, 20 and a half sacks last year, and we're over here talking, can he get better? Is, is there more? Because he, has, he wasn't even with the team the last two years. He was in contract uh, you know, talks, and now that's over. He doesn't have to worry about that. I don't think he really ever was. I think he was always really focused on what he's doing, and he's got a great thing at the University of Pittsburgh working out down there. But, man, I've never just wanted and hoped for someone's workout videos to, to hit online more than Aaron Donald's because it's like he's fighting people with knives. You know, He's got yep. like a 13-pack. I mean, the man is just insane when it comes to – you know, what he physically can do and watching him throw around 300 pound offensive linemen is just so much fun. I mean, the guy, he didn't have a sack until week four and ended up with 20 and a half. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. The numbers that he puts up and really was such a leader on that defense. I mean, in Domigan Sue, I don't blame him for not wanting to come back. He didn't get any credit out here. He wasn't doing much. You know, he had four and a half sacks. We kind of, we almost thought that he'd fall into four and a half sacks from people just running away from Aaron Donald. But, um, you know, he's off to a different area to try to, you know, do something else. But we've got a couple people we're really excited about. Greg Gaines up in the front to kind of add to help with some run stuffing. Cause this, again, you're talking about a team that gave up five yards per carry on the ground. So they still got some things to fix as a whole. Um, you know, we're expecting Tlaib and Peters to be healthy, Hopefully a bit longer together. When they were together, they were great. When they one of them was injured, not so great. So Aaron Donald's a freak, man. And it's like it's crazy, like I said, to think that he can have a better year than last year. And that's almost what we're expecting here. And he came off of 20 and a half sacks. So no complaint forms necessary over here. All right, just one more here before we start to flip it up a little bit. Eric Weddle, um, that's, that's a very nice addition. And I, what I liked about it from the Rams' perspective was it was kind of like a – that was a Belichick move. It was that was like a, hey, we're missing something, and we need you know an experienced veteran who sees everything, who's just a really smart player, and I I just love the addition because you know you, you like you brought up that Gronk catch, and Eric would have been the guy in that situation that said you want to know what everybody make sure who you got eighty seven ain't beating me. And I, yep. I, that's why I loved the addition of it because I, you know, you may not see it a lot early in the season, but there will be key spots where it's Eric Weddle who was the guy who made it. And you know, I also think that he looks around what's going on with that team and says, "All right, it's here." And you know, I know I can be a part of it. That they were only you know a minute and a half away from taking home a Lombardi. I, I can cover that minute and a half for them. Oh, for sure. And and that's the exciting thing you you get is it, he had the pick of the litter, right? Go where you want to go or yep. retire. And he chose L.A. And those are the type of things that as an organization and as a fan out here, you start to go, all right, we're really doing this right because now people want to come here. You know, yep. back in the St. Louis days and even in the early L- L.A. days with Jeff Fisher, like it was a struggle trying to get that big name. And it, and obviously we get the number one pick and we changed around McVay. And he's built this culture that people want to be a part of. But you know, even see veterans like Tlaib was talking yesterday to the media and talking about how he loves 
Weddle so much with his communication. And this is a guy that he's going to, as a veteran, he's going to Eric Weddle to talk about how to line up that communication that you mentioned. So uh, just ecstatic to see a basically a an extension of McVay and what you get off the field with his coaching. But you get a guy like that on the field, a guy that can move people around. You can trust. He can come up and play near the line of scrimmage. He can get back and play center field. Uh, so and then also, you know, you, you hear out in Denver, uh, with Flacco, he's like, my job isn't to train any young guy. I'm here to get wins. And then you hear Weddle going, I can't wait to work with John Johnson the yep. third and make him the best damn safety when I leave. And that type of difference in a player is amazing. I understand the quarterback's a little different position. Everyone's hunting for you. But to see him embrace that role and to really buy in from day one and then just, just watch him out in the field and horns on the helmet, man, it's been so much fun uh, just during these OTAs. So, yeah, he's definitely someone that, like you said, when you're you know a couple minutes away from changing an outcome of a super bowl that's the type of player that you can plug in there and hope that you see a little bit of a difference there so lots of excitement in that secondary especially with partnering him with john johnson man that's going to be a a tough secondary to get by uh guys this is uh locked on browns locked on rams jeff floyd here for locked on browns bear mater for locked on rams uh we're going to get to uh you know we'll flip it up here to the other side of the ball here in a second for everybody Now, Bear, tell us what exactly is going on with Todd Gurley. Please, can anybody? Um, look, I, I mean, uh, my guess would be whatever the knee injuries are, I think the first thing you got to think is are they start to be – is there is it a case of degenerative? Um, you know, Henderson is a fantastic selection. Great, great. Once – and I almost bought it like, you know, you lie because you don't want to tip your hand in the playoffs – so, you know, I, I get the lying of it, but, it, you know, and so, you know, everybody's got to play every angle of it, but you make that selection, and now, and, you know, oh, we're going to take a couple of pounds off him. Anybody looks at Todd Gurley, you, you don't think, I mean, who was there last year helping him out through the playoffs? There was a guy that could lose some weight. I don't know how you're <laughs> taking much weight off of Todd Gurley. Um, if you had to guess, but obviously they are, keeping this covered and maybe because they got a boatload of money invested in them i guess but it's just the weirdest situation uh it's so weird and it and it's so tough because i've i've gone every angle on here to like oh my gosh he's done to you know we need to find a full-time replacement to well yeah i think he's all right to, he could have I'm my knee. who cares yeah yeah exactly <laughs> take my knee and now all of a sudden i'm back on this program of you know i almost think you know you play the game you talk about it in the postseason and you limited information because you don't want to know and it's almost that getting ready for the season you don't want to come out and say hey this guy's awesome man we're gonna give him 30 carries a game be ready for a lot of todd Gurley. like it's the same thing it's almost counter lies the other way you're trying to you know be discreet about everything and it does worry me they talk about losing a little weight you know eight to ten pounds doesn't sound like a lot but when you're getting hit by a you know 300 pound d lineman or a 250 linebacker coming straight forward that 10 pounds is a lot to protect you and if you're talking about coming off an injury and trying to protect injury you know it gets you a little worried there but their idea is to make it more agile i'm expecting you know in the 15 to 18 carries a game somewhere in that range nothing i mean it's funny a year ago coming into the offseason i was like get todd Gurley the ball 25 30 times a game just (laughs) 
just and then here I am now, you know, a year removed and going, yeah, 15 will be good for me, I think, because, <laughs> yeah, you talk about Henderson and the addition. Yes, I think it, it definitely plays to, you know, what the, the health of Todd Gurley is and how they're going to probably pull back on him a little bit. But Sean McVay's this offensive genius you hear and to give him another offensive weapon. They do a lot of those jet sweeps. They, you know, put guys in the slot. They, they put out Todd Gurley in the slot last year as wide receiver. Henderson's a great wide receiver as well as far as catching the ball. So I, I think it's more of a piece to the offense with Henderson, not so much a replacement. Again, you got to remember we brought back Malcolm Brown. Uh, you know, we matched the contract uh, yep. that he got from the Lions. So they, they're John, really building up. A, John a Kelly's still there. John yeah, Kelly. John Kelly, who I think is going to be the odd man out in this year. I think, you know, he'll, he'll maybe make the roster if he does some special teams. But sadly, I think he may get filtered out with, you know, how this is setting up. But uh, a lot like you guys in Cleveland, you got a bunch of guys and it sounds like a good problem to have. Unfortunately, with us is there's this big question mark of how healthy Todd Gurley is. So I cannot wait because we're obviously not seeing him in the preseason. McVay doesn't play any of the starters, especially, you know, banged up Todd Gurley, quote unquote, or not quote unquote, however you want to look at it. But uh, week one, man, week one and and seeing you guys week three, we're going to find out pretty quick what we're going to get from Todd Gurley. But I'm now on this, like I'm turning the corner. I've I've vented, I've had my meltdowns and now I'm turning the corner and I'm, I'm seeing the, the sunshine out here in LA. And I'm, I'm really hoping in all my fantasy leagues that most of my guys I play with are in the Midwest East coast, that they're going to, you know, think a lot like everyone else does, and I'll pick them up at a lower rate than I usually would get them. But I'm expecting big things for Todd Gurley this year. Yeah, that, that's good. Because he's, he, A, number one, he's just a fun player. And you don't want to see any guy's light go out before it needs to, and that would be a shame. And it's funny you brought up the fantasy aspect. The first Browns-Bengals game last year, uh, I had Patrick Mahomes. I had a stacked roster. The bye weeks were all the same. So, but that week I had Baker Mayfield, I had Nick Chubb, I had David Njoku, and I just put it up like an absolutely obscene week. And we were actually away in Atlantic City, New Jersey, for my daughter's birthday. And my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just blown away that the Browns are carrying me right now in fantasy to a huge win. Just absolutely blown away." <laughs> and now I've got a decision where I have people offering me every day for either Baker or Mahomes. So I'm going to have a because it's a keeper league. I'm going to have to figure something oh, out. Nice. Um, Cooper Cup. Obviously, you know, know him. It's confirmed. There is an injury with Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some things. Um, and I'll be honest. I, Cooper Cup was a guy I dogged through his draft period. And if I, you know, anybody ever wants to give me a draft L, yes, Cooper Cup, I will put it up. I took the L on that one. Um, I, I've seen some things. Obviously, and it's funny you said jet sweep because that was the video I saw today where they were running that with him. How does he seem like he's coming along? And they always say, like, you know, Everybody comes back from an ACL differently. and But I think the one advantage Cooper Cup is going to have is he's just so darn intelligent that he's going to know what his body is capable of and what it isn't as opposed to other guys who just say, all right, let's do everything we've always done. I don't think Cooper Cup's going to play it that way. He's going to play into the, the abilities that he knows his body currently has. Yeah, I, th- I think you're you're on the right track there too. The one thing that scares me about him as well, though, is and you've heard it from the coaches, is they're constantly like any elite athlete having stop, to pull him back stop, a little yep. bit. Yeah, 
slow down, buddy, slow down. I know you want to get there and, you know, it's through the process, but he's really embraced that. And he's talked about that. And that was one of his early struggles was trying to not go too much. Right. Uh, but the, the progression that they've, they've told us about and that you've seen on the field is really exciting. And he, talking about that Superman, that's a guy that you miss so much. Cause he was, yep. you know, Mr. Third down for us. I mean, you even look at the percentages of our third down completion and our, you know, what happened once Cooper left and it, it dropped like 20% once he left so uh he's a huge part to what we do and and really giving jared goff that that safety blanket when he looks at the other two wide receivers and and they played together all three of them you know cooks woods and cup all played so well together so when we lost one piece man it it almost i don't want to say it crumbled because we had some guys that stepped up and jared goff still found some good games late even though he struggled in in that later half of the season but he's important man and i'm excited to have him back but i think you're right i think he is one of those guys that Everyone heals differently and approaches it, but he is such a smart player uh, that he knows how to use leverage to his advantage. Uh, and, and like you said, taking care of that injury, I think, is going to be important. So we are stoked. This is an injury that we know of, so we can talk about it. And, and we also know that he's recovering. I think it's going to be huge for our offense to see, really. I mean, he was on pace for about 800 yards and you know 12 touchdowns. So to add that back to the offense, I mean, nothing but good coming out of Cooper Cup's return. Yeah, no, and it's fun to see because, I mean, you get those pieces in place and you need those guys. And it's like Rashard Higgins is that guy for Baker Mayfield. And it's still going on now. I mean, Landry, Odell, obviously much bigger, prominent guys with better resumes. But some guys, you know, some receivers and a quarterback, they just yin to the yang type of thing. And that's what I noticed with Cup and Goff is they just had that it where it's, you know, and it's it's not even hand signals. It's, hey, you know, they look at each other. You're seeing what I'm seeing, right? And it's just the it's just the nod. You're seeing what I'm seeing. All right, let's do it. And that was one of the most impressive things to see Cup, uh, you know, as far as what he's been able to do at this point and, you know, obviously a key factor for them going further. Yeah, for, for sure. And it, it's just adding those pieces, right? And, you know, as we talk about adding those pieces and we, we talked about so far, we've covered everything, right? Might as well finish with a little bit of the Browns D and, and it's another new piece there as well. Obviously, Steve Wilkes is the new DC there. Um, you know, Miles Garrett took big steps last year. Uh, Denzel Ward was surprising at number four pick. I think a lot of people had their questions about what he was going to do. He had a great season. You add Greedy Williams. Uh, how does this defense looking, you know, coming in 2019? Where are the big worries? Who's who's kind of the next step to make that, you know, a great defense? Um, I, I love what they did. Um, I'm not going to lie. We were, I, I really thought the Gerald McCoy thing was going to be, you know, not to, you know, compare a guy who's been nine years in the league to Odell Beckham, but I thought that would have been the final piece on defense because right. you've already got a quality starting defensive line. You brought in Olivier Vernon. You brought in Sheldon Richardson. Larry Ogunjobi can play. There's no doubts about that. Miles Garrett obviously is a star. So you've got a great starting front four. If you brought in McCoy, you basically had five starters where you could just rotate in, you know, 75% of the reps, you know, the reps, whatever. And Sheldon Richardson isn't necessarily just a defensive tackle. He can play outside. Miles, they like him inside and pass. There was so much he could do there. But look, they were in it. I do think one of the one of the things that, you know, and Sheldon Richardson said, even said it yesterday, you know, he said, my bad. He's like, if Gerald McCoy's not here, I might be the reason. And, you know, it's, it's probably true in, in the fact right. that, you know, if there's a contract and there's incentives, I might not have met them because I wouldn't have got the same, you know, swings of the bat, so to speak. 
But I love what they did, and that front four now is a lot. And this is the one thing, as, as good as they were in 2018, the biggest drop they had was in defensive line play. They gave up almost uh, they gave up almost 4.9 yards per carry in 2018. 2017, they were closer to 3.95. Um, it was really only Denny Shelton that they moved on from. But sometimes you need, obviously you saw him in the Super Bowl. But you need so, you know a guy who can just play the run. I think between Sheldon, between Larry and now Vernon and Miles, you're good there. The secondary, Greedy Williams, getting him at 47. And we talked with wow. some people, and you know that's yeah. where obviously he was drafted. I had Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, come on the show, and he's like, "Well, I had him at 33, and it was the tackling. Look, if you don't really see it, you can't assume it's going to happen. But the guy can cover. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to be the number two corner. He doesn't have to be the number one. He's only right. got to be the two. And we expected him to be brought along slowly. Nah, that's not really been the case. Uh, yesterday's minicamp uh, had an early set, uh, interception off a tip ball. Picked Baker for a pick six of the house. It seems like he's really hit the ground running. The tackling, we'll see when the pads are on. But he was a fine addition. Um, you know, losing Jabril Peppers, a guy who was really starting to establish himself was able to do really great things, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. But once he got his confidence level up, he was able to drop back. Moving on from him was tough. But when you say, well, it's Odell, okay, we're yeah. good. We'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll find somebody else. We'll find somebody else. Um, Demarius Randall had a fine first season. Yeah, he drafted Shelzer Redwine, who's going to be eased into this. You went and got a box safety in Morgan Burnett. Uh, you went and got another coverage safety in Eric Murray, who obviously John Dorsey drafted in his time in Kansas City. Drafted him as a cornerback. So, And this is one thing that's going to be different is the Browns are probably going to be playing with the lead a lot in 2019. So you want a D-line who can get after the quarterback. You want a secondary who can cover. Because those are the situations you're going to face. You're going to be a nickel and dime, predominantly, you know, third quarter, you know, or you know, even earlier. I mean, if you if you get up early like you should with this offense, you're going to have to cover a lot. Uh, Wilkes was a nice addiction addition, and I do like the fact that he comes here with a chip on his shoulder. Got a raw deal. You know, any first time head coach deserves better than one year, which right. you know he did not get. And he's going to come in here. It's going to be a little different for him, though, because Ward and Greedy, they're press men, and that's what they do. It's not necessarily what he likes so much, but, you know, adaptation. That's, you know, any players have to adapt. Coaches have to adapt. Play with what you got. And, you know, he may say, oh, well, this was always my scheme, but, well, I don't have to worry about my scheme anymore now because these two guys are going to help me break the mold of my scheme. Exactly. So it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. But, you know, other than, you know, the, the way the linebacker depth is going to shake out, which I'm not that concerned about because, as I said, it's going to be nickel and dime a lot. I, I love, love this product. McCoy would have been the icing on the cake. Um, any defensive tackle who gets loose, whether it's June 1st or somebody gets cut, you know, over cap money, weigh in on that. But it, I, I love the fact that the offense, it was pretty much just, all right, we'll add Odell to all of this and Kareem Hunt. And then, all right, we added two defensive linemen, first pick on a cornerback. All right, here's a couple more D-backs. I, I love the fact that they kind of sprinkled around their offseason to every position. Yeah, it, you, you nailed it, right? I mean, you went heavy on the offense. This is, a, this is an offense that's setting up to look very similar to what the Rams could do as far as putting up close to 30 points a game. So you turn around to your defense and say, hey, look, we've got some great players at key positions. You talked about the additions at the line and how that's shaken out. And it's like, 
now just hold a team under, you know, around 20, 25 points and we'll, we'll yeah. win a lot of ball games. Right. So uh, I like the way that you guys are building out there and it, going back to what we started. It's so crazy how fast it's come. Um, and that's kind of what happened in L.A. We went from four wins to 11 to, you know, following that up with, you know, a, a Super Bowl visit. So it can happen pretty fast here in the NFL. What we'll do is we'll step aside one last time. We're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit about the matchup in week three, what we see for the season outlook and a little bit more. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Bear Motter, right after this. All right, guys, welcome back to the crossover. We've got Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns. I am Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. You can find Jeff at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find both of our shows on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Download it. Uh, it's free. It's awesome. It has all of your podcasts, your wants and needs right there, and everything on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So check it out. Um, we Let's talk about this game. Week three, it's happening early in the season. I'm a little frustrated, but I'm excited too because we're coming off of we play at Carolina week one. We have the New Orleans Saints at home, the big grudge match rivalry. Oh, yeah. That's it. yeah. No, no storylines going into that one. <laughs> yeah. And then followed by going on the road Sunday night football uh, out to Cleveland to face a team who on paper looks awesome, but yet we don't know what we're going to see. So what what's your initial thoughts about that week three matchup and, and how it might play out? Uh, my initial thoughts are Aaron Donald, do not kill our franchise quarterback <laughs> in Baker Mayfield. That is no promises. Big in, first and foremost, that is the biggest fear. But you want these litmus, test, litmus tests. And you know, in, in, we've talked about this a ton, and some of the listeners aren't so thrilled with it. But to go from 0-16 to 7-8-1 is fantastic. But the climb, the mountain you've got to climb to get from 7-8-1 to 10-6, and 11-5, that's bigger than the mountain you climb to get to 7-8-1. And, and the other thing is the expectations are through the roof. Nobody's looking at the Cleveland Browns right now and saying, Shh. All right, well, the Browns. Okay, it, it, that's not the case anymore with the talent that's brought in. So you, you know, so you need that measuring stick. Obviously, I mean, you need, you know, obviously this, you know, they're going to play both Super Bowl participants, and I think they're going to play them within a, a month of each other. These are, you know, where you are. These are your. Even if you don't win, how did you play in these games? Did you compete? Did you go to the final bell? And it's that's that's what makes you a great team, and that's how you're going to find out about it. Um, and you know, and I, I think of Peters, and I think of Talib, and I think of Odell, and these refs may need some extra penalty flags in their back pockets because these guys are not going to shut up, and they're going to go at it forever. Uh, it could be a personal foul maven between all those three guys because nobody's going to let the other guy get the last word in. It, it, it's going to be fun, and you know, obviously, you know, Kareem won't be there, but it'll be Nick Chubb, guys like David Njoku, and the Rams want to continue the path they're on, and the Browns, in the same respect, they're looking at them going, well, we want to be you from the AFC. We want to be you. It, it's going to be a fun one. There's, there's no doubt about it, and uh, you know, I have some early talks. That might be one of the games I do make it out to Ohio for, because just the appeal and the allure of it. You know, Goff, Baker. I mean, just that. That's easily. You know, obviously, it's Tennessee Week One, the Jets Week Two, which is you know obviously close to me. But you know, and as far as you know, my feeling growing up in New Jersey, being a Jet fan growing up, 
but that week three matchup, it's like, oh baby, here we go. Who you know, you know, it's it, no more. The storylines are out the window. Everybody is going to judge you now, and even more because it's Sunday Night Football. Yeah, definitely. And looking at some early ticket prices, that's the second highest home ticket price for the Browns so far this year. So uh, definitely going to be a ticket that's going to you want to get now uh, instead of waiting closer because it's going to get only bigger and bigger. But you're right. It's so crazy to see this game because if you think about this game in week a completely different game than it is now, right? These guys yep. got to gel fast. They got to put it together. You got a team that went to the Super Bowl coming in, uh, and it's weird. This is a, a Super Bowl team that has a chip on their shoulder still because I think, like I said earlier, a lot of people thought they didn't really belong there uh, coming out of that Saints game and then what they performed in the Super Bowl. So they've got a big chip on their shoulder, and they know that you guys, as you mentioned, are, are trying to be the Rams of the last couple of years, trying to take that next big step, and, and you're totally right with that. When, when you go from that 9-win to that 11-12 win playoff, that is a big, steep incline up that mountain right there. And those are, those last couple of games are really hard to win as far as, you know, there's a little luck. There's a little late skill. There's obviously a consistency, injuries, all those things that go into it. So it's going to be fun early on. Hopefully everyone is injuries, uh, you know, injury-free at that point. And I love it. You talked about the Smash Mouth football. I mean, Odell, keep your uh, super listen to uh, excited to see Greg Armstrong on the line. And I'm sure that defense is going to be going at him hard. Uh, he was known best out here for basically either jumping off sides or holding people uh, were his two biggest uh, attributes as a Ram. So, uh, man, I, I can't wait to see how this matches up. And you talked about Aaron Donald. The one thing that's exciting is he plays really well against the Baker Mayfield style of play. I mean, if you look at who he sacked most in his career, it's it's near the top of the list is Russell Wilson, kind of that outside the pocket, create things happen. He's got, I mean, we've seen the speed. I mean, you just talked about the video you saw, but he just has a way of, I don't want to say tricking quarterbacks into going where he wants you to go, but he finds a way to track you down and he'll get there in a hurry. Uh, so I like that matchup, him up versus the offensive line, but man, going to be a lot to look at. As you look at the whole Big picture, and we'll kind of go big picture here. How do you see this team lining up? Is this, in your mind, a playoff team this year? I I think it, 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 you know, they don't want to say it in that front office, which I get it. I don't see how it's not front office. Or, I don't see how it's not win the division or bust. I, I, I don't see it. I don't get it. This is you know, what you've worked for, and you know I understand that it's you know you, you're trying to play coy about it, but I, I don't see why anymore. I, I, I just don't. Um, you make the additions that you made, whether it's Odell, whether it's Olivier Vernon, whether it's Sheldon Richardson, whether it's Kareem Hunt, and then your draft class. It's okay to say, look, we have major expectations, and they should. And especially because you haven't done anything for 19 years since you've gotten your franchise back here in Cleveland. Uh, I would say 10-6, and 11-5. The only thing that truly concerns me is, you know, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you need to take care of Big Brother. You need to take care of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we talk about this all the time. Similar to you know, the vampire movies, you need to take that wooden stake and drive it through the heart of the Steelers and say, your time is over. It's my world now. It's you know, it's a Browns world. And I, I, whether it happens or not, I you know, it, there'll be excuses if it doesn't. But you can't tell me on this paper on paper that this franchise is not good enough to win this AFC North division. I, I, I just do not see, and if they're okay with anything less than that, then that is on them. This franchise and all the talent they have here, this is the talent of a division-winning roster. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, you know, it's a great year 
uh, to have Pittsburgh in your division. I feel like they are definitely, I don't want to say falling apart, but we've seen them spread out. Maybe they come together off all this drama and all the people leaving and everything. But uh, we play at Pittsburgh this year, and I keep saying it's probably one of the better years to go and play at Pittsburgh. I just feel like this is a place that is very fragile right now, and I don't know much longer they're going to, you know, hold all the pieces there, including the head coach, but uh, I, I well, even the like quarterback. the quarterback. Even the quarterback, because yeah. that's like the yeah. weird part is, you know, normally when you have this type of friction within a, it's like, well, you know, how much longer is Ben going to be around? Because when Ben retires, Le'Veon Bill is probably still going to be playing. Antonio Brown is probably still going to be running routes, and that it's just a weird dynamic, but again, the, Pittsburgh does not handle that type of stuff well, and now it's really starting to show. And it's gonna it's gonna be harder to handle when the Browns potentially could sweep you yep. and, and win the division. That might be a little bit tougher uh, pill to swallow there. But for the Rams, I think I think this is our third year winning the NFC West Championship outright. Uh, we swept the division last year. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Seattle played us to all the way to a fourth down conversion uh, in both games to win that game. So uh, I think there could be we play a quick turnaround where we're at home after about four or five weeks and then we head up to a Thursday night game on the road. I think that might be a tough one for us. But I think we win the division. Uh, we're looking at, you know, roughly a 12 and four, 11 and five, somewhere in that range, because at the same time, they're always some downfalls during the season and Rams may rest starters near the end if they, depending on how things shake out. So I think, you know, 11, 12, 13 wins will be the cap. Uh, I'd love to see them go on another stretch that they started last season where they, you know, started out 10, 11 and 0 or whatever it was. It would be a nice way to start because you kind of, I don't want to say cruise control, but it makes it a lot easier when you already got 11 wins in 11 games. So, uh, but again, I think this is a team that competes in the playoffs and will host a home field advantage game, whether they get one or two, that is the big question. I think we would love to see New Orleans come back out and, and kind of a rematch of the NFC championship, but out at our house would be nice. Even though it tends to have some away crowd in at the Coliseum right now, but that's something LA is going to work on as they open up the new stadium in 2020. But man, it would be fun to see you guys in the playoffs. Uh, we all know what that would mean if if that happened. So uh, I know you got steps to happen to get there. But man, Jeff, I appreciate this. One of my favorite things to do: lockdown crossover. Guys, make sure to go give everyone a follow. Uh, Locked on Browns, Locked on Rams. You can find us again on Himalaya. Download, subscribe, comment, share. You know the deal. Jeff, man, good luck. I look forward to you. I, I can't wait to talk uh, when we get back to the season, week of, and kind of see how far we've come in the past couple weeks. And hopefully this is a 2-0 versus 2-0 matchup coming into that Sunday night game. Uh, I'll, that, that's where I'll give you a prediction. The Browns will be 2-0 going into that. Um, I'm not sure who you guys are playing, but uh, I, I'd probably bet safely that the Rams will be going 2-0 into that one. <laughs> yeah, we've got Saints and Carolina. I think at Carolina, I feel okay with. Saints at home, I, I mean, I'm confident. Well, if you're going to get them, if, you, if you're going to play them, you want them on grass. You don't want them in their that's place. Very true. So hopefully we're both right there, 2-0, 2-0, coming into the big game Sunday night. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, my man. Take it easy. You got it, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a blast. Thanks for everything.